Hello, hello. Welcome to Movie Go Round, a film discussion podcast that rotates between different themes every week on a five-week schedule. This week's theme is, You Did This To Us. My name is Brett Stewart, and uh, you did do, do it to us this week. It was a rough one, but uh, I couldn't have gone through it alone, and that's why I have wonderful co-hosts. Nicole Davis, how are you this fine evening? I'm well. I watched this movie about a week and a half ago, and thank goodness, because I think I needed a little distance to get some perspective on this film. Because it's, it's an odd one. I wish I had that distance. I finished this like four hours ago and had to do it in 20-minute chunks because I couldn't get through it in one sitting. But someone did get through it in one sitting. David Luzader, everybody. Brett and Nicole, thank you so much for being here. Now, I'm glad we could all sit down and discuss this movie, Gremlins 2, in the way it's to be discussed, because you two walked away with a bad taste in your mouth when this movie wants just what every movie wants, and that's to be watched and enjoyed, which it should be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This movie. Okay, but Gremlins 2. So you <laughs> did this to us, everybody. Uh, so essentially, for those unfamiliar, every five weeks, you get to vote on a big straw poll online. You can either add movies or uh, vote for ones that are already on the poll. And you all picked Gremlins 2 by about 60% of the vote. And the most people had ever voted than ever before. I think it was like 32 people voted. So big shout out to... Uh, 28 of you 29 of you because we vote too um <laughs> but uh we ended up with gremlins too and this was interesting for me because i haven't seen gremlins one since i was a kid meaning i went into this completely blind and you suffer from that because there are direct callbacks i did not understand but before we get into that i'm going to give a little description of this movie and then we're going to talk about next week as well now gremlins 2 it came out in 1990 the magical collectible store that Gizmo calls home has just been destroyed, and the tiny monster finds his way into a newly erected skyscraper. Billy Peltzer and his bride-to-be, Kate, discover that Gizmo and an imp impish legion of reptilian pals are, inha are inhabiting the downtown building. The couple tries to stop the creatures from escaping into New York City, but this new batch of beasts might be uncontrollable. Oh, God, that sounds just as dumb as this movie is. Um, so before we get into this pile, David, what are we watching next week? It is it is new to two next week. The turn uh, of the yes. cycle, the cycle, the cycle. I'm struggling today. <laughs> and that means Nicole and I have never seen this movie and you have. Yes. And that movie is 2017's Power Rangers. <sighs> And it uh, came out about a year ago at the time of this recording, so it's pretty fresh, pretty new, and uh, yeah, I will, I'm excited to talk about it next week. Yeah, yep, man in my life asked me if I wanted to see it, and I just said, no, nope, sure don't, <laughs> I, no urge to see this whatsoever. I said this in our Slack, but so the public is aware... I think this is going to be David's Warcraft. I think David's going to love this movie and be all over it. And oh, Nicole I and I are not going to get it, but not think it's necessarily awful. Just kind of a shoulder shrug. It's going to be a fun discussion. Also, oh, you guys wait. I know what I'm bringing next time. I have a new to two. <laughs> oh, is there like a new? I have one lined up right now for that. And just oh, really no, quick. Is there like a new um, 
like movie coming out for Power Rangers that was announced today? Uh, what? It's called Power Rangers Shattered Grid. It's a live oh, action. That's a comic book thing. Oh, okay. Interesting. That's the well, comic book series that's running right oh, now. Yeah. Interesting. They're doing like a, a live action video on for heck it. yeah comics, won't you, David? Yeah, I've been <laughs> I've been talking about the Power Rangers comic since it started. It's pretty well, good. We're getting into that next week. We're going down the rabbit hole of Power Rangers. So join us for that. But Gremlins too. Let's talk about it. Who is the audience of this movie? That is our first inquiry from Nicole Davis. And I think it is a very valid one. Who is the audience of Gremlins in the first place? Yeah. Oh, the first one? The first one is a horror comedy. It's uh, one of the movies that spurred the formation of the PG-13 rating because the original Gremlins was PG and parents found it disturbingly violent. (laughs) Uh, Most notably with the Gremlin that exploded in the microwave. Um, So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, horror comedy lovers who are adults, I would say, go ahead and watch Gremlins. But this... This one, personally, you know, it's got a lot of the elements of a horror comedy or more like comedy horror, where it's mostly comedy with sort of horrific elements to it. Um, But it's too dumb for adults. Let's uh, let's (laughs) get one thing clear is that this movie (laughs) is a parody of gremlins uh which is the amazing thing that's actually a direct sequel um and like this movie is absolutely bananas insane who yes. is this movie for the people that enjoy it that's kind of the only answer i can because <laughs> this movie literally name drops gremlins uh the yes. first movie in a review show which the man then gets killed by a bunch of gremlins so well i mean that's a great inside joke the reviewers leonard malton who was the uh tv reviewer for a popular show called entertainment tonight um and he was their only movie reviewer so despite being a friend of joe dante's he had to review gremlins when it came out and he did not like it uh, so he kind of famously gave it a poor review, thinking it was rather crass and overly violent and not that funny. And Joe uh, Dante, of course, the director of this from movie. Joe Dante for a few years as a result. But uh, they did eventually kind of mend fences. And as a gag, uh, Joe Dante asked him to come do this make an appearance in the sequel as a reviewer and go ahead and review Gremlins again and see what happened. So that's hilarious. uh, You see what happens when he starts giving his review of gremlins. I, I like to think that when this movie, they're like, we want to make a gremlins too. And people behind gremlins were like, Oh no. (laughs) They they kept pushing for like, okay, well, and they just started saying the most insane things they could like, all right, well, we're going to set it in New York in a skyscraper. Great. Do it. Uh, One of the gremlins is going to turn into electricity and get trapped into a phone. Love it. One of them is going to have a weird snake lower body, and then Gizmo is going to kill it like Rambo. Perfect. And uh, to top the whole thing off, there's going to be a rendition of New York, New York. Here's money. Like, that's the. I have to assume that they were like, we just got to make this as outlandish as possible to not get it made. And uh, then it had to happen. It was like a bad dare. 
<laughs> had to follow through at the end. Yeah, according to the IMDb trivia, uh, they tried to make a sequel for a few years. I mean, the original came out in 1984, and this didn't come out till six years later. Uh, and the directors just sort of kept falling through. And eventually, Joe Dante said, all right, I will do it if you let me do whatever I want. And they said, okay, Sounds what, like could, a what idea. could possibly go wrong? Well, he has bounced uh, back and forth with studios over the last couple of years also. Um, and there were there was rumors that last year the studio actually completed a final draft of Gremlins 3. The yeah. So it is rumored we're going to see it the next two years. And it is going to be a sequel, not yeah. a, not a, uh, a reboot. Uh, history okay, so explored the idea that has been on fans' minds for a long time. If all the gremlins come from getting Gizmo wet and feeding his Mogwai offspring after midnight, should Gizmo be eliminated? He described his script as twisted and dark. Okay, so I need some help here as someone who went into just watching the sequel, which is a parody of the original that I don't remember. Uh, what is Gizmo? Is he just like a Furby and he makes Wait. demons? <laughs> can, we, can we call him by his real name, Howie Mandel? I just want to remind everybody yes. that Gizmo was voiced by Howie Mandel, oh, no. uh, the host of Deal or No Deal. Oh, no. Uh, Former um, actor, stand-up comedian, slash... Right. He's a Mogwai. So, uh, what is a Mogwai? Is it just like a... a, a, a furry? A, a Furby? Oh, Not a furry. Fur- furbies <laughs> were uh, unofficially based on the appearance of... Similar to from the but not, but legally, but distinct. legally distinct from yes. <laughs> okay, um, Mogwai. Are... So what is a Mogwai then? And so he produces the Gremlins then by getting wet, and then the Gremlins well, can produce more Gremlins Mogwai. by getting wet. So Mogwai right. are actually demons in Chinese culture. Okay, so that's what, I mean. All right, David, why don't you go over the rules? Okay, there are three rules to having a mogwai. One is that you can never get them wet. The other is that you don't feed it after midnight. Uh, and the third is I can't actually remember what the third rule of the. Uh, you don't put them in direct sunlight. Don't put them in direct sunlight, yes. So, this, how this creature survived is a mystery <laughs> to everybody. Well, uh, you know, cave crickets have survived for. Millions so of years, is the so. Mogwai different? <laughs> when does it, one thing I do love about this movie is that they are talking about the rules in the movie, specifically the no eating after midnight thing, right? Uh, in that scene where all of like the security guards are sitting around and it's like, what if they're on an airplane and they cross from one time zone to the other? <laughs> right. <laughs> Which were all questions that people came up with after the original Gremlins came That's out. They're amazing. like, well, what if you're in a different time zone and yeah. Or it's always after midnight somewhere. You know, it's fourteen hours after midnight. It's two p.m. It's you know. Yeah. And then they just they just end it by having them all get eaten by gremlins, and that's yep. pretty wonderful. So so wait, are are mogwais different than gremlins? They create gremlins. Gremlins mogwai can become gremlins. Oh, okay. yeah, gre- the gremlins. Mogwai are like the larval phase. They're yeah. so cute, uh, though. Also, Gizmo is so adorable. Forever, 
let's just say that the mythology is very loose. It's not okay. <laughs> very hard and fast. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I think Gizmo's freaking adorable in this movie, especially oh, his oh, little he's so dance. Adorable. It's sick. I I love when so Saruman is like, look at me experimenting on animals, um, Christopher Lee. And by the way, Christopher Lee in this movie, he's here and it's glorious. And these two scientists or one in his clone are like look what we've discovered saruman and then they put on dance music and he little guy just starts dancing in his little cage that they put him in and they're that looking was, at him he's like my god that was that was wonderful that I is an impressive scene is he um dumb question that. is uh gizmo animated no well he seems gizmo a little what? animated he's like a puppet but at times yeah, at times there's can- there's a little bit of stop motion animation, yeah. I think, in uh, okay. like the scene where he's running away down the alley. Yeah. It gets a little Harryhausen-y yeah. as he's going down there. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, uh, there's also a musical number in this movie that I wanted to talk about. Uh, <laughs> what do they do? They do Sinatra, right? They do New York, New York. Yeah. Yes. So let's actually. To- uh, officially to be pedantic about it it's called theme from new york new york it's right <laughs> they're about to uh, to go out into new york and overrun the city so can gremlins talk in the first one yeah no, well so they can all they can kind of like yeah they can talk but there's only the one gremlin in this one that's able to like full-on speak words like even even uh gizmo gizmo uh can say <laughs> Like little words here and there. There's actually, but isn't also the the one that um the one that sexually assaults Robert Picardo? Can't that one speak too? I don't think that one ever talks. I don't no, remember hearing it say anything. Does. No, it does. Uh, again, the rules of this movie are real loose. <laughs> so, so, so the one that can talk is like an aristocratic British man talking about how he really just wants uh, Tony to be Randall. civilized. Yep. That's so, it's so wonderful. And then they have a musical number. And before the musical number, they break the fourth wall by having gremlins pop up in front of the projector as if they are doing so in the actual theater you are standing in or sitting in. And then unwind it, pull all the footage out, put in a new little film of like beach volleyball happening in like a training exercise video from the 50s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is straight up (laughs) pornography. Okay, the beginning of a porn movie, and then Hulk Hogan, who is in the audience for Gremlins 2, is notified that the Gremlins are pulling the footage out for Gremlins. This gets really meta. The problem here is that you're attempting to apply logic to this movie. Logic (laughs) does not work on this movie. It exists in a place outside of our understanding. Um, You know, people like to talk about in this current political climate, like, Oh, there's no way you can write drama like there's no way Hollywood could write stuff like this. It's too crazy, too stupid. Blah blah. blah. I'm like, bro, have you seen Gremlins too? <laughs> like, they can they can write this stuff weirder. Yeah, Hulk no, Hogan this, just this breaks the wall a- and stares you down. It's like Gremlins. You put Gremlins two back on right now, and yeah, it is wonderful, aggressively absurd. Um, <laughs> it's a is a wad of satire and inside jokes and movie references that are often far before the viewer's time. Um, and they, I mean, even the movie Usher, you have to be like 
into New York underground movies to recognize Paul Bartel as the usher who is uh, probably most famous for being in Eating Raul, um, which is this weird little comedy. And it's just, it's so strange. It is this very weird mashup of these, you know, little intellectual references and old movie references and slapstick and absurdity and vulgarity. And it's just, it's bonkers. Uh, the, yeah, the, the scene breaking scene is actually a callback to William Castle's The Tingler. And, uh, Joe Dante said that Warner brothers wanted the scene cut, but they screen it for audiences and the audiences really liked it. But on the video version, uh, instead of film breaking, the scene looked like a VHS malfunction, and many rental copies were returned as a result of this. Uh, and video mastering houses called the filmmakers to ask them if this was intentional. I mean, oh, you have to wonder amazing. how many. Did this happen like four times? Did it happen 50? We'll never know, but it's fun to think about. And also, there's some really bizarre people that just like show up in this movie, like Rick uh, Dukumumum? Rick Dukoman, I believe is how you pronounce his name, and he was the guy that plays the security guard in this building that Bill fights, and that guy was in space, he was Spaceballs, he was in Groundhog Day, The Burbs, Scary Movie, like, name roles in all those movies. Um, <laughs> he was, he was, gu- he was, um, Art Weingartner in The Burbs, which is a great movie. Uh, so that guy's in here, and Christopher Lee's in here. It's it's a very weird cast. I also want to know who does everyone sympathize with? Like who? Which characters do you like? Because I'm confused why I like the character I like in this movie. No, I I think I'm with you. If it's the one you were talking about in the Slack chat, which is uh, Mr. Clamp, the yes, head he's the of most he- likable character played by John Glover, the building uh, pseudo Donald Trump stand-in. Uh, um, played by the wonderful John Glover. Yes, a ma- character actor extraordinaire, John Glover. Yep, had a very wonderful uh, role on Smallville as Lex Luthor's dad, and killed it in that role. I was so like when I saw him in this, I'm like, oh hey, you're a jackass in Smallville. <laughs> uh, but here, yeah, he was real affable and and like friendly like you expect him to be kind of this like dickish ceo he's supposed to be like Uh, a megalomaniac billionaire and but he has this innocence to him that's so wonderful so long and here's the thing like like typically when they write that kind of character and you have like the you know biff tanner back to the future two megalomaniac like you have which is all which actually actually based on donald trump i digress um you have like an obtuseness that ignores everyone around them and their well-being whereas like everywhere this guy goes he just makes people's lives better (laughs) like uh he's giving people jobs he's promoting people he's like we shouldn't have done that weird genetic testing lab and then there's like also a weird side of him where he's like there's human people in this building dot 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 (laughs) can you think of the lawsuits like so there is that selfish side of him but it's complemented by this weird like Arthur-esque innocence of just running around in this ridiculous building. I love, I love him. I love that he, when he comes, his like at the top level of his uh, 
of his office, he has like a secret exit that takes him out into a plant, like a, a potted plant in New York City. Right. Uh, which how I want to see that elevator system and how that works. Out. <laughs> but I just love that he he pops up there and he's just so nonchalant about it. And like everybody's just like rushing over to him, and he's like, "Oh, there's no problem at all. Like I'm just emerging from my secret tunnel. Like what? What are you talking about?" <laughs> we'll see. Well, it's, oh, go ahead. It, it's it's New York. You know, if something weird happens right in front of you in New York, the immediate correct thing to do is to look away and pretend you didn't see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no, I, I spent a week in New York and had started having that reaction by the end of it. I'm like, "Yeah, this is New York, I guess." <laughs> One, two of my other favorite characters in this movie are are Murray and Sheila Futterman. I love them. They're the parents. Oh, yeah, from the first one. Who are Murray and Sheila again? Wait, are they the parents? No, no, they're not his parents. Oh, they're I'm like, sorry. They're oh, the neighbors. Oh, yeah. Who are who okay. are like their old parents that like come and visit them? No, that's, that's Murray and Sheila, but they're not their parents. They're just like they're other people from that town. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're like neighbors from that hometown who are also the the husband. I think in the original, the husband saw the gremlins, yeah, like around in the neighborhood huh. and possibly in his house. I don't quite remember. And his wife never saw them, so she they, thought he was imagining things. I think they mentioned though that they don't. Aren't, isn't that the guy whose house they drive the snowplow into? Yes, that's entirely it is. possible. It is, and and she thinks he's imagining things. But that's why when he hears the gremlin, when he hears the the gremlin that's not Gizmo, the one that um, Kate accidentally takes home, he's like, "I heard something," and she's like, "I believe you. I heard it too." Um, I love their characters though, because first of all, I think they're better if you think of them as just weird parental figures that show up. Um, but essentially, what they're supposed to be, right? But they're great. Like the like the the guy Murray goes into that potted plant elevator thing David was just talking about and rides it back up to go inside uh, to help them in their escapades. And they're just lovely little characters. I love every character that isn't the two main characters in this movie. I, well, the char- I, I loved uh, Robert Prosky, who played Grandpa Fred, as he was called. Yes. Who was yes. dressed up as the grandpa from the Monsters. Yes. <laughs> no. Uh, the whole movie like they never he's even he's like walking around the building like not filming and he's still in full makeup and costume and like this is just how this guy again like, he looks he looks dead on that i thought for him like is it the same actor i know uh yeah no no i mean the original actor would have either been very very old or very very dead uh at that point but i just love that his character just exists only in that costume and it's such a bizarre little world that this movie <laughs> supposes exists and god that building oh i hate those kind and they they showed up in 90s movies all the time where it's like we found ways to mod like things that didn't exist in actual buildings like ways to modernize it where you have to like talk to something to like get a door to open or like when you're getting like when you're drying your hands it's gonna talk to you and the urinal is gonna compliment you like no buildings like that actually <laughs> exist and I, if i had to work in one for five minutes i'd go out the window you know i am frustrated <laughs> enough with those stupid Airblade hand dryers in restrooms now. <laughs> it's just like yep. I think a, a bill, a quote unquote modern building like that would make me insane in about three minutes. See, it would I can, also go like obsolete in like three weeks. 
And also, I can speak with some authority on this as someone who works as a day job of covering smart buildings. Um, <laughs> this is something I actually talk to people about a whole lot. And uh, smart buildings are a really cool idea in real life. And they're awesome and look nothing like this in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, like that's, that's, how, that's how it always is when you envision technology before it's time. But... The actual cool smart technology we stuff in, bu- in buildings is really cool, like sensors and stuff to know what HVAC things are broken, and like they yeah. they don't talk to you in the elevator. And okay, first of all, like no. what if a okay? I got I got problems with the elevator in this movie. <laughs> Let it all out. It's a what, safe space. Okay, what if you're like, I don't know, I don't know the statistical probability of mute people getting into this elevator, but what are they supposed to do if they do? Like, Presumably I didn't see any buttons. buttons? Yeah, that's true. These elevators would not pass ADA regulations, would they? No. Unless, uh, unless there were buttons, I guess. And what if, like, Tom Waits gets on this elevator? He's like, I want to get to love floor 34. And it just, like, takes I him to the know. basement. Tom Waits is your ex- I would have gone Bob Dylan easy. And I right, get to floor these- 77. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's these me. elevators, they're... They're very unsafe. If something the size of a gremlin can punch their arm through the wall, yes. that's yeah. That was so bizarre when <laughs> when Phoebe Cates is in that one that like then attempts to murder her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I got problems with this building. You're very you're very much right. But you do you know what I don't have a problem with in this movie? Robert Picardo. Let's fight Nicole. Because oh, I have you, a major problem with Robert Picardo. <laughs> I love Robert Picardo. I think he's a terrible actor, and he is endearing to me because he was the replacement for someone that they fired on Stargate Atlantis, and he was there for a season and was wonderful, and he's great in this movie, and I'd never seen him with hair before. <laughs> I, I like him in Star Trek Voyager. Uh, he's a good interview on talk shows, but this is, I mean, he's part of the ending of this movie, which I find highly disturbing on so many levels. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes. With the, the one female gremlin who took the magical potion that changes the gender of whoever drinks it and uh gremlins, i'm pretty sure there were female gremlins in the first one were there i don't remember i don't it's know i was so distracted long. by gremlin boobs let's be perfectly honest uh, why? they're reptilian why would they have boobs i don't understand <laughs> this movie there's Again, no logic whatsoever the logic cannot exist when discussing this movie uh, Except there, there do seem to be these weird rules that they stick to, which is like each, each gremlin when it gets wet, produces four offspring, and like only four, and always four. I think here's probably why. I don't think it's a rule of the movie. I think it is a restriction of they built like one model that could like pop out little gremlins. And that guy could shoot four, and you just get it from different angles, and because like they, I, it lo- they look very similar in there. I think but, that is, I think that's a rule that ha- came about of budgetary restrictions. I mean, this is it's this is something I didn't like about the original, and I don't like it here. the The scenes of the the new gremlins, you know, sprouting or you know, 
whatever Genesis is. It's really distressing. It looks yes, incredibly it painful and distorting. And it's, oh, it's gross and it's freaky. And the poor Gizmo looks like he's in terrible pain and upset. And I mean, I grant you that birth, there's a lot of terrible pain and upset, but it's not not this you're not sprouting things from your back you know growing and then popping out of you in the span of 10 seconds and it looks real yeah it is (laughs) but it's happening to puppets so i can't feel that pain (laughs) (laughs) uh speaking of puppets has anyone seen this new i'm gonna diverge here a little bit because it's all my twitter talks about sure guys who are muppets talking or whatever this new documentary is that everyone i know sees what? Have you, I haven't if, heard of this. It's with Frank Oz. Um, Frank, yeah, I do like Oz. Frank Oz. Tell me We're doing some great podcasting here. Muppet Guys Talking. Secrets Behind the Show and the Whole World Watched. And uh-huh. it's all about right. not just Muppets, but like puppetry people. I would watch that. We're into that. I I have a weird love of puppetry, and I'm it just going to go it, ahead. 100% on Rotten Tomato. That um, sounds pretty wonderful. Also, Where just can I watch of, this, Brett? Well, what? Where can I watch this amazing thing, Brett? You can find it for $9 on their website because they just released it straight to the website. So there you oh. go. Um, in any case, though, that is, that's pretty cool, actually. Why does this movie have a... Why is this movie fresh on Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> I want to get... I, I, I have a Are bone to pick with the rotten, fact... Like how Rotten Tomatoes works? What? <laughs> Because uh, Rotten Tomatoes, like a movie being fresh, I don't know, it means that it reached a certain threshold. Right. Which, but like, why did this movie even reach that threshold of like sixty-six percent positive reviews? But even like, even even more like, uh, you know, even when you're saying like even more positive than negative, it got like it, it, it could get it could get okay reviews and still be fresh. It could get like slightly like better than average and it gets fresh. So it's not even like, oh yeah, good reviews. It's like. Yeah, you know, I didn't want to kill myself while, while watching. This <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I kind of did while watching this movie. But see, what I'm saying though is that like this movie is on par with like some of the more popular movies that come out in the last year at almost seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes with reviews such from Variety, such as a hilarious sequel featuring equal parts creature slapstick and for the small fry and satirical barbs for adults, speaks to the gleeful hell-raising monster in each of us, not merely a rare sequel that's funnier than the original, but one of the funniest comedies of its time. Uh, These are all different reviews from major publications. The New York Times called it the uninhibited and uproaring monster bash. Oh my god. Why? What is with these critics? I'm gonna ask. Okay, it's it's pretty clear that that Brett does not care for this film, nor do I. No, I don't like it. David, why do you enjoy this movie so much? Because <laughs> it was so insane. Because <laughs> it's so bananas. And it is like, it is in the right ways making fun of what sequels do. Uh, sequels to like movies like this, where it's like, we're going to go bigger and we're going to go like crazier. And like, there's going to be a gremlin that this time has like a snake, like has like a, a spider body. Uh, but they like, they do stuff where it's like, okay, they're going to, you know, one's going to get wings. One's going to become female. One's going to like drink a thing to like become smart. They just, they, they lean into like, what are bad sequel tropes? 
and let's just lean into those and make <laughs> a bad sequel. And I think there's times where it overshoots its goal. It it's like it's it doesn't always wink at the camera. It sometimes is just bad. Uh, but it is it is trying to to play with you know what happens in a lot of sequels uh where like the 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 nightmare nightmare on elm street movies just get more and more insane and ridiculous until they become comedies and this one was just like let's just become a comedy that's fair i could totally see that it is well except it was sort of a comedy to start with yeah, but I mean, it still was like, it's still, the first one still had some pretty strong, like, horror elements. I mean, there's, I, I recently watched it for the first time, and there's some real, like, freaky stuff in there. Uh, I think this one just was like, well, they're, it's going to get weird anyway. <laughs> Let's just be weird. I also really do love that the script writer, multiple times in this movie, did really try to be profound and did not <laughs> succeed. Such as my favorite quote at the end of the movie. Um, when Mr. Clamp is talking all about the place that got destroyed and it doesn't matter, they're insured for the damages, and he says, For another, maybe it wasn't a place for people anyway. It was a place for things. You make a place for things, things come. Like, what does that mean? (laughs) I don't know, but I love it. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised they were like, all right, John Glover. Get drunk and then come back and say the first thing that comes like, to mind. Like, what pseudo field of dreams discount script are they reading off of? That was terrible. Uh, there is so much worked into this script. I mean, I think the reason I don't like it is because there's just it's incoherent. There's so much being packed in here that it loses. It just descends into anarchy in the last, I don't know, like 45 minutes of the movie. It's just, what can we destroy and how can we destroy it? And that's all there is to it after a certain point. And I get bored with that. But I mean, there's everything in here. You know, there's the movie references. There's the the guest appearances. There's the, there's the more inside references. Like there's Mr. Clamp and then Billy's boss is named Marla who was uh, Donald Trump's main squeeze at the time, not yet his second wife. And, you know, there's like... The, there's, the, it's, the best part about Marla is that her last name is Bloodstone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some of, yes. some of the last names are, are grade-A last names, yeah. like Christopher Lee's character, I mean, Dr. Catheter. Yes, I do love Dr. Catheter. That is a great... Pretty that good. is a great last name. I will give you that. But I mean, there's just really weird stuff in here. Like, okay, Getty Watanabe plays a thankfully accent-free Japanese-American man who has the, the giant camera. He's the guy on the tour with all the cameras that gets, you know, Grandpa Fred commandeers him to be his cameraman to report from inside the building. Something. And he says, do you have a camera? And he replies... I am a camera. <laughs> and I was just like, what the hell is that? You know, and it's it was very familiar. And I looked it up and I am a camera is the sequel to Cabaret. It's this play that's that's this, 
that's the sequel to the movie you know the play that was made into the movie with liza minnelli and joel gray and about the weimar republic and so i am a camera is supposed to be like the 50s in germany in berlin afterward and it's just why is that in this sequel to a movie about little puffy creatures that turn into little demonic creatures that wreak havoc and destruction because the director got to do whatever he wanted <laughs> and really went with it and did whatever he wanted. Though I, I gotta it's, ask. Um, it's nuts. It's too much. At the beginning of this movie, isn't it like it's like weirdly casually racist? Oh, if you haven't oh, seen God, yes. the first one, like, the first one. Uh, is Mr. Also- Wing played by K.E. or K. Luke. K. Um, Luke. Yeah, he's oh, he's famous. He yeah. was in like a bazillion Hollywood movies. Yes, and he plays and he plays Mr. Wing, um, who what does he say? Like a man can uh, can agree with others, but the true fight is to agree with oneself or something like that. Uh, <laughs> something like that. I can't remember. But like even even the script, there's like a woman standing outside as a as a TV reporter, and she's like, "We're standing outside of the Oriental neighborhood." And I just cringe. Uh, yeah, the the many uses of the word Oriental were really. Oh. <laughs> Although I can forgive it in the the satirical use where they're showing like the the promotional video of how they want to develop the Chinatown area. So it's like the planned Chinatown center where business gets oriented. Oh, oh God! Insane. <laughs> uh, I. I so much love that the clamp logo, the C, or the logo was uh, <laughs> the world with a clamp on it. It was literally right. clamping yes. earth. Giant clamp <laughs> squashing the globe. That is the stupidest logo I've ever seen. It is only... Like this, like, which, which is, which is what's, what is hilarious that Mr. Clamp is this affable, friendly guy because like that is a evil corporation's logo. Oh, yeah. Right? Everything about like this Clamp Corporation is designed to be like the megalomanic, you know, the megalomanic crazy man. And one of my right. favorite scenes in the movie is when he's with Billy and they watch his end of the world tape. Which is a thing that exists. Yes. That yeah. is. A thing that like CNN and like those you know channels like hold on to, just in case the world ends and they have to stop broadcasting. That and they're is like, crazy. Here we. It's been a pleasure serving you. That Here's the crazy. end of the world. Like, here's that a stock footage of a polar bear TV and its cubs. If the world. Um, yeah, and I love it because they have. He has like this deep moment of catharsis watching it, and he, and Billy's like. <laughs> Yeah, that's a. It's really touching. Um, I don't know. I just love his character. I I think it's great. Uh, yeah, Gremlins too. Okay, so they did this to us. Why? Why was this? Does anyone know who threw this in? I, I don't do know, okay. but I know several people told me they voted for it. Great, great. Because someone asked on Twitter. I believe it was the wonderful Ben Aylet, Aylet. Sorry, Ben. Uh, who asked us? Which was worse, Mortal Kombat, which we watched for Geek Cinema Society quite a while ago that he made us watch, or Gremlins 2? Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat is is worse. (laughs) Gremlins 2 is worse. No. Mortal Kombat, I love it. I love Mortal Kombat. 
Because this movie, this movie, despite yourself, you had things that you enjoyed, and there were moments that you like, you probably laughed at that you're going to lie to yourself you didn't. Yeah, and fair. if you're telling me you didn't like Hulk Hogan, you're a liar. Yeah, uh, Mortal <laughs> Kombat fair. is terrible from beginning to end. That is a nonstop yeah. log fest of bad. I did not enjoy this movie, but there were many points where I was like, Okay, that's clever. That is a clever reference that they have stuffed in there. Well, Whereas Mortal Kombat, I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> this continues to be dumb. This is not getting any less dumb. As time goes on, it's dumb. <laughs> well, there, there's your answer, Ben. I think they're probably right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Let's talk a little bit. I love you, Ben, now, but th- that movie is dumb. <laughs> at the end of our program about... The ending of this movie. Nicole, you had some oh. thoughts on it. The Robert Picardo in the bathroom with no pants on and the female gremlin approaching him in the bridal gown that it got from. Where did it get it from? Not clear. I, mean, I don't know. There's a building full of things. Apparently, you can just kind of this live in this building self-sustainably because it has everything. Clamp was confu- Clamp was confusing. I don't understand what that company did. Apparently, the answer was yes. Everything. <laughs> the answer was yes. It is a a multinational conglomerate. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's that. It's it's like the the lady gremlin is approaching him, kind of like humming the wedding march. And at the last minute, he, like, looks at it speculatively as if he's maybe getting into the idea a little bit. And I'm just like, no, this is... Didn't he hit a lipstick all over his head, too? Oh, yes. Oh, and he yeah, kind of gives a wry smile before, like, slinking out of camera. With its weirdly large, juicy lips. <laughs> so, I... It's just... Oh, like, it's Any so port in a storm, all right? And I mean, I, I wrote in our show doc, no Robert Ricardo, bad character actor, bad! <laughs> Just roll up a newspaper, beg, no. Exactly. <laughs> I love to see him Don't with hair, this. though. It is something special. Uh, I didn't even recognize him until about 30 minutes into the movie. So. Oh um, you think you would recognize, you'd have recognized him with hair after Inner Space, but no. He was oh, in Inner Space? I blocked so much of that movie out of my mind. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so audience, we watched Inner Space for our, our previous show, Geek Cinema Society. So. Which a lot of those movies I could just forget <laughs> just fine. And I think this might be one of them for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But Gremlins yeah, 2 came, awesome. comes now to a close. Thank you so much, everybody, for voting. It really is a lot of fun when we get a bunch of people voting because we didn't know how this one was going to go. Um, we always put a couple random ones in the document just because we have to in order to start the voting and we throw like the room in there and fantastic mr fox is always voted on you, so we throw that in there throw the room in i there throw the room in there um <laughs> uh and i'll admit i threw war no i i threw warcraft in there but didn't vote on it the first time the third time but we ended up getting it yes but in any case um <laughs> This was an interesting one. Hobo with a shotgun was coming in real close behind on this, which I didn't expect to see in there. And uh, a couple other weird ones. And then the ones that are mainstays, like Spirited Killer. We're never going to watch Spirited Killer. Stop Don't it, everybody. Would you... Brett. Who's doing it? 
Is it Dom or is it Nicole's fiance? No, I'm I'm betting that was I don't know. I think Matt put in Replicator. Oh yeah, but. I want to see that. That looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See you in five weeks with Spirited Killer. Um, next week, we're watching Power Rangers. <laughs> so join us for the craze of what was my childhood that I was not a part of. It's kind of like Yu-Gi-Oh. It was like the thing everyone around me knew and loved and Pokemon, but I never got into. So I'm, I'm thankfully of the generation before. For Power Rangers, and I was wise enough to keep my children away from it. <laughs> well, not 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 David's parents. David's dancing no. on screen. No. This is why we need live video and do live <laughs> recordings. We really should do some live recordings. Nicole, where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me curating our Facebook page on facebook.com slash uh, movie go around podcast and please you know ask questions uh, post comments let's hear from somebody other than the as much as I love our regular like two or three commenters let's <laughs> let's hear from more people that would be lovely keep commenting <laughs> yes please do yes uh, we, we engage with us let us know what you like what you don't like what we could change what we should keep the same uh, and if you want you can follow me personally on twitter under at your word that's y-o-u-r-w-o-r-d-w-h-i-z I don't know why I keep using this voice I can't seem to stop it uh, give me my wine where is that well you know what uh, we refreshed our statistics 12 hours ago at time of recording this and already in the last 12 hours there are dozens of you dozens so yeah come hit us up uh david where can people find you online what are you up to uh as always i am on the heck yeah comics podcast heckyeahcomics.com i'm also on brokebot mountain which by the time this episode comes out we should get back around to watching westworld and of course you can find me around the internet under the username davluz that is d-a-v-l-u-z so twitter snapchat instagram find me there podcasts Right on. Find me at Twitter at Rivers Rubin and online BrettDavisStewart.com. If you would like to review the show, do it on iTunes. Do it on Woo-hoo! Stitcher. Let us know your thoughts because we need uh, we need even more reviews as always to get feedback and also to God, yeah, and to grow our uh, <laughs> to go our to grow our yeah, listenership. We, we need more reviews. I went looking for us in iTunes and it's. You you have to know what you're looking for because we yes. will not come up. But when we you are browse. we are at four and a half stars right now, so kick us up to that five. And of course, email us as well. Movie go round at tiltingwindmillstudios.com, and that's also the website that you can find all sorts of good stuff. I'll do it for myself, for David and Nicole. We will see you next week with Power Rangers. Bye.